You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast. Amen. Let's give our new members a good hand. Amen. That's always a good thing. Amen. You know, next week, Lord willing, if we get here, <laughs> we're going to do my, my, my most favorite thing. Baby dedication, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's all part of being a church family, isn't it? Amen. So get ready, Judah. Get ready. Start learning how to not to cry for about 10 minutes, like you're doing right now, right? Because that boy's got a voice, man. He's got a voice. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. Because I believe what I want to share with you today is going to be the beginning of a great year. My church, my family. I'm personalizing it for for you, but really the theme for this year is our church, our family. But it can't be our church if it's not my church, if we don't personalize it, right? So I I want you to look at, picking up at verse 3, through 11. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to uh, his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus, you would direct and and just unite us on this purpose, Lord. We are one great church and can get a whole lot better. And we're a wonderful family, Lord God. So by your spirit, speak to our hearts. Rally us around this cause and help this year to be the greatest year we've had in years. And we'll thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I don't know if you feel it this morning, but there's, there's an excitement in the air, isn't there? You know why? Because all week long, there was about 60 people that were praying for you in the sanctuary. 
And you say, there were, yeah, and you could have joined us. You could have and should have been here. And all the 60 of you that were here would say amen to that. We did have a great time, but, but it's by no accident we have what we have here because there's people that care about the church. And you invested time in the church. As we gather here this morning, I want to share with you, this is our theme uh, for the year, our church, our family, to grow together as one powerful and inviting church. Doesn't that sound good? But it's got to be more than just a theme. I feel that the Lord really wants us to focus on being the church of Lakewood. The church of Lakewood. The church that is loving and inviting. I believe that as, as a church we need to be more unified and more family oriented. Like some of the homes some of you grew up in or at least you knew of growing up, you, uh, you knew where to go when you wanted to feel family, when you wanted to feel warm, when you wanted to feel like I belong somewhere. Right? I think we could all come to that place in our mind. You know, the house where everyone seemed to gather, regardless of the night, there was a house you could go to and everything felt good. The one where the parents seemed cool and were always glad you were there. Doesn't that sound good? Some of you are smiling because you remember that place back in your growing up years. I believe that that is what the Life Center Church should be. And this year, we are going to focus on getting to know each other better. Amen? And focus on getting to know not only each other better, and to love others into this great family called Life Center Church. Praise God. You see, the church has been under attack for quite some time. Not just this church, all churches have been under attack. A few years ago, in April 2012, over the, co uh, the cover of Newsweek announced, forget church and just follow Jesus. I don't see how you can do that. The picture on the cover depicts an image that, uh, that, that is recurrent in our society today. The depiction and others like it have been, have been dubbed hipster Jesus. Hipster Jesus. It's simply an attempt to do something that people have been doing for 2,000 years, making Jesus into what they want him to be instead of who he really is. The basic argument against church summed up in this one statement, I like Jesus, but I don't like the church. Basically, they're saying that Christianity would be fine without the church. Which, which, what Jesus is teaching is fine, but I don't want to be part of that group called the church. Those church people speak about biblical things, but don't do them all the time. That's what they say. They say they can be selfish. They can be hypocritical. Uh, I, I'm just going to take the parts about Jesus I like and forget all the rest. One of the biggest difficulties as a family today is helping our church and our children and our grandchildren see the importance of church. It's important. It's important that they see a group of people who were flawed. Let's be honest, everybody's flawed. Nobody's perfect. Who, who don't, don't always get, get it right, and, and that's okay because we're not perfect. 
But Christ intended the church to be a place where flawed people learn to love God and love others. Amen? Then when certain criticisms come up and that are justified, they also see that there is something valuable about this group called the church. You might have a history of family in the church. How many grew up in, in, in the families that were already going to church? Yeah, we have a long history. But how many of you don't have a family history of growing up in church? And maybe you're the first ones. So it's important that your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren see the, the precedent that you set. You might have a family around you here in the church. How many have more family members than just you in this church? Look at that. Because there's something about it, right? You might have family around you in church today. For someone, your family gets together, church is a part of what you do as a family, right? For some of us, this is a tough or touchy subject, it's difficult to come to church and think that, they're, they're, that, that those uh, uh, who are not here, family members that should be here, could be here, but aren't here. They've made a conscious decision not to be in church. You're here, but they don't want to be here. It's difficult when you think back on conversations you've tried to have with those family members, and they just don't accept what you're trying to tell them, what you're trying to say to them. Maybe you have family members that were, were once active in church and, 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 and something happened. Something happened. Whether it's something that happened at the church that drove them away or, or, or it's something in their life that drove them away, whatever the case may be, they're not in church anymore. I hope that you will stay, stay, pay, you pay attention this morning and that God will bless you somehow in this message. I pray that there is something worthwhile for each of us as we look together at this subject. It may be just a reminder that even though things are not always the way we like them to be, and that there are things that we can do to draw ourselves and others closer to God, because we can. Here's the first point on the outline. Church is like a family. Church is like a family. In this chapter, verse 4, it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and he gave, it gave him great pleasure. Hallelujah. He, he loved the very fact that he could adopt us into his family and he felt good about it. Do you feel good about it? That you're part of this family. Paul uses the picture of church as a family several times in, in his letter and he refers to the family of God and the household of God. It seems a reasonable thing for us to understand that the role of the church as it applies to us this, to, to its necessity for our benefit and betterment as followers of Jesus Christ. 
Paul even uses an extended passage in chapters 5 and 6 to illustrate the interaction of the church and the family. You know the part about husbands love your wives and, and, and love the children and all, all that stuff. He's talking about family, right? Remember that when this, this was a, a letter to the Ephesians, it was not originally broken up into chapters and verses and all those things. It was just a letter going forth and being shared with the people of Ephesus. We added those, those things later on to make it, to help us to get references and all that kind of stuff. But the, the end of Ephesians chapters 5 and 6 uh, and the beginning of chapter 6 comprise a complete section of thought talking about the family and how you deal with the family. They talk about the importance of submission to one another. Oh, that's a popular word today, isn't it? Submission to one another. And out of that submission, it's motivated by love. There's the big difference in our world today. You know, people want to say, you submit to me. But if there's no love, it doesn't work. So we submit to one another for, because of love. We are family and the healthy relationships that point to the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. And are in our lives and in our family. That's a wonderful thought when you think about it. There are some important family principles that, in this passage that apply to the church. After all, Paul says in chapter 5, verse 32, he says, this is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. You see, everything in this passage of Scripture hinges on two words, submission and love. Everything, submission and love. The word translated as submit here means to put under or place under. When we look at this idea of submission, take note of where it all starts, that it has to remain. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Did you hear that? Why do we submit to one another? Out of reverence to Christ. It's not because that person deserves it. It's not because that person is better or more powerful than you. It's not because that person has it all together, because nobody does, and you don't and I don't. What we're told here is this, because you care about Jesus, because you care about God, submit, put your desire under the desire of others. Does that make sense? Have you ever thought about church in the sense of a healthy marriage? Have you? And what it's supposed to look like? Marriage is a give and take situation, isn't it? It is. It means that one spouse doesn't get their way all the time. I don't care what you think, they don't get their way all the time. Each person within the marriage is trying to make sure that the other person is as happy as they can be. What if our church, uh, what, if, what if we looked at our church from that perspective? What if our church became more about the needs, uh, about your needs than my needs? The word translated love here is the same word that recurs over and over and over again in the study of what healthy church membership looks like. It's the word agape. Agape, that's selfless, sacrificial, unconditional love. 
So we're supposed to submit under the lordship of Jesus Christ, and we're supposed to love one another without reservation, without any hindrance, just love because he's loved us. Doesn't that make sense? We're told in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, he says, therefore as God's chosen people, are we chosen? Because of God, uh, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Hallelujah. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. And be thankful. So here's important ways that we submit to one another with love and love one another in the family, in our church. Here we go. Treat one another respectfully. Did you hear that? Treat one another respectfully. We can do that. Secondly, watch out for one another. You mean I have to look for situations and circumstances beyond myself? Let me just tell you, you know, when we get so bound up and so keyed up and so knotted up is when we're only looking at ourselves. Because we notice every flaw, every mistake, every heartache comes flooding in. And if it's all about us, it's kind of like when we, we put that screen all white and we put a black dot in the middle of it, where's your eye going to go? On the black dot. Because it's all about you. You want to start feeling better about you? Start being concerned about others. Amen? Here's a good one to start. Forgive one another. Oh, it's church, pastor. No, we don't have heartache or problems with one another. <laughs> if I asked you to raise your hand, every one of you say, I've been hurt by somebody in the, in the church at one time or another. Or, I've hurt somebody in the church at one time or another. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 puts it this way, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Did you see, hear that? There's a lot of people, that they say they go to church, but they go to church one time in a month. That's, this, this is not talking about that. This is coming together because the habits of some are not to even come to church anymore. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day, capital D-A-Y, the day. You know what day we're talking about, right? And we're not talking about Sunday we're talking about the day of redemption, the day of judgment, and it's coming, and we better encourage our friends and family to get coming together. And so we, we add to these important ways to submit to one another and show love for one another, but here's a couple more. Meet together with one another. We have to come together. Sixth, encourage one another. Don't be an Eeyore. 
Oh, well. I think I'll try again. You know? Don't be that person. Encourage one another. And then, lastly, support one another. Amen? Support one another. Specific practices. So how do you lead your church family into being a healthy church family? Number one, praying together. Oh, what a wonderful time we had this week in praying with each other and praying for the church. You missed out, some of you. Well, don't worry. We're going to have some nights going forward in this year where we're going to gather together, and you better show up, friends. Amen? You and your family should join together to pray for the church. Did you hear that? Pray for its leaders and pray for its members. If you're going to talk about the church, do it in a positive way when you're away from the church. Don't complain, oh, that life-centered church. It's a da, da, da. No. Talk in a positive way. Lifting it up with prayers instead of talking it down with criticism. Don't you know your children hear what you're saying? Part of the opportunity and honor of being a church member is the teaching of our families to love the church. Right? And that teaching often begins by praying together as a family for the church God has placed you in. Pray for the church. Worshiping together, number two. Worshiping together as a church member, I'm responsible for encouraging and leading my family to worship together in church. If I'm married, I seek to include my spouse. If I'm a parent, I seek to include my children. My family must see my love for the church. If I'm single with no immediate family, I seek to set an example to others to follow. Did you ever consider that your family might be a mission field? It might be that the immediate family or extended family need to know Jesus and need to know how much God loves them. And you are God's missionary in their lives. Maybe you've been uh, trying to reach them and you're frustrated because you think that they aren't paying attention. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's, it's there somewhere in the back of their mind. Keep praying. Keep, keep serving. Keep watering that seed and, that you planted. Don't be pushy. Just keep mindful that you do what you do because of Jesus and because of his church. Making church a priority. Set the example for your spouse, for your children, for your grandchildren. Are you single, no spouse, no children? You make being in church a priority as well. There are people who are watching you, and as an example, your example may lead them to make church a priority in their lives as well. Even so, you'll be establishing an important discipline in your life that will be important over time. And as you inspire and influence, maybe a spouse to come and children to come. I want to add a couple more things. Preparing together to have a realistic expectations. Church is a family, right? That means there are church members who are frustrating. 
right? Unless your family is a whole lot different than mine, there's family members that are there that frustrate you. Right? Am I talking truth? Yeah. Remember, church is a family. There are ups and there are downs. Unless your family is a lot different than mine, someone in your family has been less than perfect over the last 30 days. Right? Someone hasn't done something that they said they were going to do or, or they did, did something that you, you, they shouldn't have done or why should we expect any different from the people in the church? Because they're the same. It's family. No family member is perfect. And here's the other part that's true. No church member is perfect either. No church leader is perfect. And are you not, if you're not perfect, if you're not perfect either, uh, please be patient with the wisdom of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 7, 3 through 5, he says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We've got faults, they've got faults and we can love each other anyway, right? Amen. Fourthly, joining together in service. Include, involve your kids and grandkids in the work of ministry and service to others. It teaches them the important lessons about a selflessness and the needs of others. I can't think of a better place than in the ministry of the church. Jesus loves the church. She is the bride of Christ. So remember these important things. I am not to merely like my church. I am not to merely serve my church. I am to fall deeply in love with my church. Did you hear that? My commitment is to love that bride with an unwavering and unconditional love. And this year we're going to work on it. We're going to have services together because we don't know. First service doesn't know people in second service. Uh, we're going to have a few of those. And we're going to, not, 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 like, uh, not like Mother's Day or Father's Day, when as soon as I say amen, you're gone. We're going to have potlucks. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have times together. We're going to have family gatherings on a, on a weekend. We're going to have dinners where we have uh, tables of eight, and you're gonna, some of you leaders are going to host some, and you're going to invite people you don't know to sit at your table. Why? Because we're family. And we're to love one another and encourage one another. And we're going to allow that kind of love to reach this community to invite others in. Doesn't that sound good? Amen. Unconditional love is not always easy. If someone is, is perfect and meets our every perceived need, it's easy to think we love that person. But such love is only one way. It's all about me and my needs. Unconditional love means that I will continue to fall more deeply in love regardless of the response. 
It means my love for the church will grow even as I may disagree sometimes with something or encounter these disagreeable people. <laughs> it happens. And as I grow more, more deeply in love with my church, I will do all I can in God's power to bring my family with me. We will pray for our church leaders together, and we will together and worship together, and we will serve together. Amen. And if our church family gets discouraged or discontented, if my family gets discouraged and discontented in the church, we will remind ourselves that unconditional love is not always easy. But we will also remind ourselves that unconditional love has been demonstrated perfectly for us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He loves us. Sins and all, so much that he died for us on the cross. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. Amen? Amen. If your family members are believers who are part of this church, you should be looking to pray together and worship together. If there are unbelievers in your family, then you should look to demonstrate a deep love for Christ's church. Such love can influence them and move them closer to God. If you're a single person living alone, know that other people are watching you. How you love your church could have significant spiritual impact on their lives. But if you're willing to do that this year, you have something there at the end of your notes or even a card in your bulletin that I would love you for you to stand with me and pledge with me this, this morning. For this year at Life Center Church, if you can pledge this with me, please stand. And for some of you, maybe you aren't a church member yet, but this is your church, so you, play, you, you can say this too. Read it with me. I am a church member. Family, to be good members of this church as well. We will pray together for our church. We will worship together in our church. We will serve together in our church. And we will ask Christ to help us fall deeper in love with this church because he gave his life for her. Amen. Take the hand of somebody near you or elbow in this sick, uh, this, this virus uh, uh, saturated world and pray for your brother and sister. You see, I, I heard one pastor say, I miss the days of old when we used to call each other brother and sister. And his, his, his reason was because I didn't always remember people's names. <laughs> you know the old Cheers uh, show, they loved going to that bar because everybody knew their name. I like that attitude better. Amen. We're still brothers and sisters. And we will always brothers and sisters. But hopefully you know each other's name too. And that's what we're going to work on this coming year. Father God, bless my brothers and sisters in this body.
Bless them with all the blessings of the Lord God Almighty. Draw us together, Lord, with cords that cannot be broken. But this is not going to be a club, us four, and no more. No, Lord God, we are praying that the love that it is experienced in this church body, in this church family, Lord God, would be far-reaching, and it would invite people in to be a part of this great body called Life Center Church. We agree together to be that church, to be the church of Lakewood, Lord God, to be used of you to reach each other and to reach others for the glory of God, so that you would fill this house with people who love the Lord and love the church. God, help us to overcome our differences. Help us to, to rise above our, our, our situations and circumstances and just come together under the cross of Jesus Christ and love one another so much so that, 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 that the world will, will look at us and say, you got something we don't have, and we want it too. Lord, bless my family. Bless my church. Bless each and every one. Bless their families. And bring those, even those, 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 those prodigal sons and daughters back into the household of the Lord. And we'll trust you for it, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for calling us to Life Center Church. Together, we're going to have a great year for the glory of God. We believe that and trust that unto you. Blessed be your name, almighty God. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The ushers have that pledge. And I want you to take one home with you, put it on your refrigerator or your mirror, wherever you look all the time. Notice I say, you get choice. <laughs> and remember to pray for the church. Pray for your family. Pray for your extended family. Amen? God, go with us now. May we, as we go into our learning hour or we go to breakfast or lunch, may we continue to talk and remember about our good church, the church that you died for. Blessed be your name. Thank you for this day. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord. Thanks for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.